Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. And hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Chuck Bonnywell, Julie Hayden, the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, Truth Straight Up, the show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, and HappyTrees.co. Chuck is going to be joining us momentarily. He is, as they say, on assignment. Um, They're working on a story for the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle, the October edition, which is coming out. I don't know if any of you guys have been in downtown Denver, hopefully not, but or the downtown Denver area. But the city has gone to this absurd bike lane situation where everything's got bike lanes and as typical bureaucrats in their effort to make it easily understandable, everything is a mess. No one can tell where they're going. The bicyclists and the cars are crashing. Um, and there have been um, at some intersection that some neighbors called completely crazed by the plant. So he's working on that, but he'll be joining us shortly. Um, a lot to talk about today in terms of the um, lawsuit to try to keep Trump off of the ballot here in Colorado, some developments there. But want to start off today with Cheryl Chumley. She's an author, a podcaster. She's got she's the author of the book, um, Lockdown, the Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Rights. And she has a great new column up explaining why Trump is by far the best candidate for protecting our individual freedoms. So Cheryl, thank you once again to the show. Welcome. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So let me kind of just jump right into it. Um, You know, every time you turn around, it seems like, so, you know, I mean, they're trying to push COVID again, right? They're trying to tell us we have to lock down again. The governor of New Mexico just sort of said, oh, I'm crazed with power. Everything's an emergency now. So no one can use a gun unless, of course, you're a criminal. Um, it, It's like individual rights, sh- sh- rights. Who cares anymore if you're a Democrat, right? I mean, oh, here comes Chuck is here now with us but so Cheryl, i mean explain hello chuck we've got cheryl chumley with us um to me it seems like this in particular our individual rights and freedoms are under attack these days yeah and they have been for some time right you can yeah. go back to barack obama's time as, uh, um, as president and see how he really made a determined effort to move us from a country of individual rights to one where government gets to say who gets rights versus who doesn't but under Joe Biden, things have really ratcheted up, and we're at a moment in history where if we don't get a new president who understands American exceptionalism, that is, that individual rights are God-given, that we get our rights from the creator and government's there only to serve the citizens, then we are going to have a country that is quickly steamrolled by the globalist forces. Well, well unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, you know, this goes back really to Wilder Wilson who thought that the uh, U.S. Constitution was an outdated and and hurt his ability to make the needed reforms. Um, so it goes back a long way, and it's it's gotten worse and worse in the last eight years, 12 years. Well, well certainly you could go back to the founding of the nation and see the fight uh, that brewed among the, the various founding fathers. Some thought we needed a strong federal government, to oversee all, and some thought we needed states' rights. So the the fight between the balance of powers has gone on for a very long time. What has sort of uh, emerged in recent years, though, is the Democrats' outright mocking of God and God-given individual liberties. And that has been sort of the, the banner that has held us together. We may have had political differences, Democrats and Republicans, but certainly— you wouldn't say that Democrats hated America and wanted to crumble it. But now it seems like more Democrats than not absolutely detest this country and have thrown in with the communist way. Well, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, the the governor of um, New Mexico. And, and as, as, as you said, it's, it's not that the Constitution gives us these rights. It's that God gives us these rights and the Constitution recognizes it. And, and you're right when she says, well, I don't recognize the Constitution. They, they've skipped the whole God portion altogether. Um, I, I, 
And, and I mean, and, and so then the, it just becomes a piece of paper to them. Um, and, and I think you're right. I mean, you know, you had your book, you know, lockdown, their, their plan to take away your freedoms. I think all of that was just an excuse and they're going to use it again. And I really worry anymore. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, they keep talking about climate emergencies, right? And people dying from the climate. It's underreported, blah, blah, blah. I fear that they're going to start turning around and say, well, there's a climate emergency. I mean, that's all encompassing, right? And all of a sudden, they're going to use that to take away our rights. What do, what do you think about that? Well, that in a phrase is what the Great Reset from the World Economic Forum's Klaus Schwab is about, right? If you go to weforum.org, the World Economic Forum's own website, it says in Klaus Schwab's own words that COVID has given the world powers uh, an opportunity like no other time in history to reset the economies of the world. And so what they want to do is uh, segue from the coronavirus health crisis into a climate health crisis so they can have justification to commit the same civil rights offenses on citizens of the world as they did under COVID. And going back to what you said about the New Mexico governor really quickly, it's interesting to me that she cited public health emergency as yeah. the reason to just seize uh, the Second Amendment rights from law-abiding citizens. Where have we heard that? COVID, right? Right. Well, and I well, think- do, you, well do you believe that, that COVID was the greatest thing we've ever had? Because we've got to see it ahead of time. And we now know any effort um, from this governor or anyone else, we know the playbook. And we've seen it applied in the most draconian ways. So when when the next one comes, it is we're alerted. At least we should be alerted to what they're doing. You know, that sounds very um, common sense. But <laughs> I can tell you that I have been um, tracking on the COVID crazy practically from day one. And I was alone in calling out the coronavirus, not as a fake virus, but as the government's excuse to instill fear in the people so as to justify seizing individual liberties. So the, the government exploited the fear. And I see too many people in my northern Virginia community right now walking down the roads by themselves or driving in their cars by themselves wearing face masks voluntarily and you can see at spots around the country that face mask mandates have taken effect for kids in right. school kids in yeah. colleges uh it, it's crazy there was one just i was reading about in alabama in a republican controlled state right face mask mandates put back into effect why these are the outward signs of american fear and willingness to obey government and that's all government needs just that little wedge to justify more stealing of liberty well and hopefully we're, we're enough of us are red pill now i saw uh, going back to new mexico there was a sheriff there who said nope not going to enforce it i mean they, their their attempts to take away our freedoms um, work only as long as we go along with it. Now, granted, we've seen the Justice Department become weaponized, but I think, you know, that there is some hope, but it takes a lot of courage, right? It takes a lot of courage to say, no, I'm not going to wear the mask. No, I'm not going to send my kid with, you know, to school with the mask because then they kick your kid out of school. I mean, where do, what in, in all of the things that you see and read and you write about, how, how likely are we to win or how do we fight back? I guess is the first part of the question. How do we fight back? Well, we're, we're not winning, and that's, that's a grim thing to say, but the very fact that there are kids in school right now being forced to wear face masks shows that we're not winning, right? We're, right. we're not winning until government is too fearful to try and enforce something as non-scientific and as really stupid as, as face masking. And so I'm just waiting for the next level to take place, for instance, for Joe Biden's administration to put in place requirements that to fly again, you all have to wear face masks, right, as conditions of right. traveling public transportation. And then watch, shortly after that, the local businesses will start to throw signs in their windows saying, face masks required for entry, it's the law, even though it's not the law. So we're not winning. And look, the only way at this point, since we've allowed it to come so far and we complied and obeyed, the only way now is to just sue, sue, sue. 
file lawsuit after lawsuit and hammer away until government is put back in its corners like the cockroaches that, that it has become. And that's you, you assume on that basis that, that the courts have not become part of it. Here yeah. in Colorado, um, we, there's no such thing as a single active judge on the district, appellate, or Supreme Court level that are reported by a Republican. And so you can sue all day, uh, but unless you get a lucky federal judge to rule for you, you will not win here in Colorado. You're absolutely right, and that's the danger. And that goes again toward my statement that we are not winning. So the alternative then is just a mass civil uprising, right? And do we want to go there? Certainly at this point in history, I'm sure founding fathers would look at where we're at in American history and say to us, why aren't you going by what we, we gave you in the Declaration mm -hmm. of Independence, yeah. where, you know, when, when governments become too burdensome, it's incumbent, it's the responsibility of citizens to take back what is already theirs. But really, that is the ultimate next step if we want to have ultimate freedom back in this country. And I don't know. I don't have an answer on whether that's, well, that, that's why you have a new woke military that's trying to get out all extremists. They realize that, that they have to have a armed forces that are going to put down whatever the citizens may protest about. So, so uh, again, you're just feeding in that point of what I was going to say, I'll turn optimistic here and get back to your original column. And that is that is why, number one, that's why they're attacking Trump so much. But that is why, and I agree with you, out of all of the candidates, um, Trump gets it, I think, because he's been the victim of it, right? He's been on the other side of it. And I think that's why this election and him being the Republican nominee is, is so important, because at least then you have at least a president in place who can use some of the offices or some of the powers of his office to start to cut back on some of this tyranny. That is absolutely key uh, in 2024. And honestly, with the face mask mandate going into place, 2024 seems a long time away. But it is really crucial to have a president in the White House who can use his powers and who is willing to use his powers yeah. and platform to push back all this uh, communist collectivist crap that we've been suffering under. And look, it's looking increasingly like we're going to be suffering under for the next year or so. We need a president who isn't afraid to take on the school un unions and who has allies in Congress who will defund school systems that, that require ridiculous mandates and, and to go after the federal authorities in charge of the air, uh, you know, flights and public transportation. And that's why Donald Trump, one of the reasons why I think he is the only candidate for 2024. Well, and you look at Congress, and I hate to say it, but many of them are worthless um, in terms of action, right? They're talking about, oh, you know, I'm going to introduce a mask, you know, banning mask mandates. It's like, okay, we'll do it, right? Why, why, why isn't that already? Why did you wait till now to do it, number one? Why didn't you do it a couple of years ago? I mean, do you have any any hope? You know, I mean, the Republicans in Congress, I think sometimes you turn to them and, you know, they'll like throw you an anvil instead of a life preserver, well, uh, I question why they didn't do it immediately as yeah. well, right? Here we are now headed into campaign season. So we have a couple of them up there clamoring for legislation and, and bringing forth actually legislation uh, that says the government does not have the right to coerce face masks and to close businesses and churches and so forth. But of course, the legislation goes nowhere because you have a Democrat-controlled Senate and a Democrat in the White House. So they should have been doing this all along. They should have been attaching it to things that the Democrats wanted passed by way of legislation. So it would it would nickel and dime and trickle into effect that way, you know, piecemeal it. But they haven't. And so, no, I don't have confidence in Republicans in, con in Congress, but really I never did. My, yeah. my confidence is with God and God-given individual liberties and that God is in charge of all. You know, one thing, too, that concerns me and I want to get your thoughts on this. When you look at polls and, and it, I mean, you know, the, the people I know are like opposed to masks. They're opposed to what, what's going on in, in New Mexico. But then you look at some polls and particularly with young people where they're like, no, you shouldn't be able to say something if somebody considers it offensive. The First Amendment is too extreme. Um, you know, you look at some of the the, the opinions of these people, um, and again, particularly young people. And, and I know it's universities and schools and things like that. 
But to me, that's the most shocking thing that it seems like, and I guess you and Chuck are right. It's been coming for a long time, but all of a sudden, you know, it used to be the young people were the ones you could count on to shake things up, right? And now you've got all of us aging boomer people trying to say, no, no, the First Amendment, you know, question authority, things like that. How did we get to this place and what do we do about it where there are so many people, particularly young people, who seem to have forgotten the whole concept of individual rights? Well, that's by design of the Democrats, right? Yeah. For years, they have been actively recruiting uh, teachers to go into the school system and push Democratic Socialists of America principles, right? The DSA, actually on its own website, uh, sends out a call for people to become teachers in the school system just so they can sell that propaganda rot into the minds of America's youth and next generation of leaders. So for a very long time, this has been taking place in the public school system. And the unions have been out of control The unions care little for children and everything about teachers and salaries and things that that they can get from taxpayers and so forth. And it's only been because of the coronavirus. So the the one ray of light, I guess, on the coronavirus was that suddenly parents were awakened to what the kids were being taught in school. And shame on parents, though, for having to have that awakening because – if you're a parent and your child goes to school, you should have been looking at their history book and their math book and, you know, their civics book. And you should have been participating in school board meetings to demand why isn't uh, truthful American history being taught instead of racist painted yeah. history and so forth. But to answer your question quickly, that that's the only way to undo this. We have to teach right. our children to once again love and cherish freedom and explain to them what freedom really means. Right. Well, and one thing I've said this before on our show, we have a 12 year old. And one thing that gives me hope is, you know, he watches TikTok videos, mostly about golf and things like that. But it is funny. The the um, they're all um, the cynicism. Right. And they watch the you know, I mean, the, the, you know, he like watches. um Oh, what's what's a South Park, things like that. Right. And so there is this younger generation, I think, not the kids who are in college right now, but coming up that sat through COVID, saw what a joke it was um, and and see what a joke some, you know, I mean, they're the ones who have to talk about pronouns and things like that. And I know my son, when you ask him about it, he rolls his eyes and he's like, oh, it's just stupid. Um, but he doesn't really mind it. He says he doesn't do it, it's, it's, but he sees that it, it's stupid. So I think maybe there is some hope for some of these kids coming up the next generation right um have seen with their own eyes what what a hoax so much of this is and then hopefully they have to acknowledge julie that you know they've done a lot of polls now and young men boys tend to be conservative but the overwhelming um young women are very much on, on the leftist agenda and very much um approving of it um, yeah so i don't and, know sure what do you think and it's the young women, of course, who go on to become mothers and, and have yeah. uh, much influence over their children and, and their viewpoints. Look, the, the real solution is that, yes, it's great to get back to teaching truthful history in America's public school systems. It's great to elect uh, politicians who understand what America is supposed to stand for and fight for those principles on our behalf. But the real solution lies with the churches in America. We have to get our kids back into churches and living by biblical values uh, to restore the moral compass of this country. Because, of course, as the culture goes, so goes the politics. Yes. One of the things, too, and let me ask you this, you know, speaking about God, um, you know, I have a friend who always is saying, Karen Catalina, she's always saying, how can you remain optimistic? And I said, well, I sometimes I look at and this is a bad analogy, but this is how I think of it. What we're doing here is we're building an arc, right? We're going through a tough time. We don't know when it's going to end, but we need to have an arc to contain these ideas, these values, the whole the declaration, all of this stuff. Right. And hopefully someday, hopefully sooner rather than later, hopefully in 2020. 24, but we'll land on shore and we need to, I mean, I do believe that, you know, God works in his own ways and in his own timeline, obviously, you know, that maybe, maybe he's not going to be, you know, sending down lightning bolts in 2024. But what do you, what do you think of that? Where, how does God and all of that play into this? Do you think? Well, I don't think that's a bad analogy at all. I think that's a very good analogy. And I, I just think that Americans need to 
take a step back from politics and look more through what's taking place in America and the world through a spiritual eye, right? If your viewpoint, if your worldview is Christian first, say, and conservative or political second, you can make a lot better sense of what's going on in the world. And you don't uh, moan and wail every time that there's an issue that crops up that counters the Constitution. Because you know in the end that your side wins, right, if you're a Christian or if if you're a believer. And so it keeps you grounded, and then it enables you to see with a little bit more clarity than those who drift in the wind because they don't have faith or belief. It gives you a little bit more clarity on how to more effectively fight the battles that we do need to fight. All right. Um, well, let me, cause we have to let you go here now, but before we go, I want to, cause you've got several books out there, your columns, you have a podcast, um, bold and blunt. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find more about, find out more about you, listen to you, read you and all of that. Thank you. Um, sure. well, I published, uh, commentaries at the Washington times every day. You can also get my podcast bold and blunt there or wherever podcasts are offered. You can check out my website and see my books at CherylChumley.com. And I just started a Substack, uh, Cheryl, CherylChumley.substack.com. So appreciate it if you follow me there as well. That's All right. Great. Thanks so much for Thank coming you on. so much. Yeah, appreciate your time. Great comments. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Thanks. Yep. And we're on subject too. We've had, let me read, we've had some great comments here. So I don't want to jump into all of them. Oh, this is from Charlene. This is the problem with the majority of Congress is controlled by global Marxists. That's true. Um, and Leo, if you need to find a safe space in college, you should probably go back to your grandmother's basement. Um, and then Charlene saying it's not just the Democrats saying that only serves to divide and conquer us. Should we refer to them as Marxist globalists? The globalists are going after Democrat RFK now. That's very true. Um, Dems Republican is a manufactured hype division to keep us from unifying. Um And then from Dr. Donna talking about the schools, I removed my son a month into second grade as it was taking place then, revisionist history, the whole thing. He is creeping up to 50 years old now. This is not new. Parents got lazy and too trusting of government. Yeah, it's hard to to keep that. But I think, you know, Chuck, I think she has a good point. Number one, the key point there is I think, you know, all of the candidates, I mean, I don't even see from a life of me how someone could say, oh, you know, Mike Pence would be a great president, right? It's kind of like, and the more we learn about Ron DeSantis and his funders, I mean, just go back, let's just go throw in the globalist Marxist, right? Just go straight to Marxist globalists, don't pass go, right? I mean, to me, Trump is the one hope in this election that we have of, of getting at least some of our rights back. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And it's interesting, I just came in, um, from meeting with a group of citizens out out on 7th and Williams, where the city has built this Rube Goldberg <laughs> intersection, which which everybody's smashing each other. For bicyclists, off. right? It's all for bicyclists. Yeah, well, the bicyclists are now getting slaughtered, too. I mean, it's just <laughs> a Rube Goldberg. And so, you know, they try to call their city councilwoman, who is Amanda Sawyer, who's about as arrogant and self-important as hers. They can't get phone calls back from her. I mean, and the, she says she passed it on to the mayor. Yeah, sure she did. Well, like, hello. Like, yeah, like he, like, he's too busy building homeless mini camps now, right? Isn't uh, but it, it's just, you know, all these people are very He doesn't nice have time people. for neighbors. If we cared about neighbors, in fact, he's going to say, hey, you know what? I didn't even, I should put, I'm going to put a little homeless camp right there at 7th well, and Williams. Got, That'll take care of your bicycles. right there. And it, it, I mentioned it might make a great micro community and they all went oh god (laughs) (laughs) well and so and we'll get we'll talk more about that later after that your story comes out but it is i mean i've seen them too there's one like at sixth and broadway and lincoln where that all comes together right and if if you're trying to number one if you're trying to ride your bicycle it's very they're just all these little white posts you can't tell where you're going or what to do if you're a car you really can't tell where you're going or what to do and no but what's better about it is they've got all these signs and half of them are wrong Half oh. are saying this is a bike lane when it's really a car lane, and the other is saying turn left, but you're not allowed to turn left. I mean, it is a honestly a Rube Goldberg. It's not one of those ones you kind of go, well, that's a little weird. Um, this is just an accident waiting to happen, and and we watched it. I mean, we're just sitting there, and it's not a very busy intersection. Lots of people would be dead, right. Um, right. <laughs> but to get any response from the Denver um, transportation or their mayor's office or the city council's office 
And all these people are just nice, good Democrats, and they can't believe their <laughs> government is doing out. this to them. That's like, I feel so bad. I've run over three bicyclists, bicyclists in the last week, and I'm trying just to be good, or vice versa. Well, let's, we can, we'll, we'll talk more about that when it comes up. But wanted to talk about... No, 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 we're going to talk more about it. No, never mind. Oh, we can if you want. No, that's okay. Okay. So I want to talk about Jenna Griswold, Colorado's illustrious Secretary of State, was on MSNBC talking about the lawsuit that is Dave Williams on our show Friday said was filed by rhinos and counterfeit Republicans to try to keep Trump off of the ballot. Um, my read, and I will play a couple of sound bites. I'm kind of thinking she's not really sure how it's going to go. I mean, she's going to do everything she can to help them, right? No, no. She knows exactly how she wants it to go. She okay. just has to appear to be, you know, a secretary of state rather than a partisan hack. So he goes, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just so confused. Well, it's very here. complicated. She's explaining it. If, if we could, Thomas, please play Griswold number one. Griswold versus America. There we go. Well, good to see you again. Thank you. You've always been such a good friend to the show. And look, this is complicated for you because you don't have the role as an advocate or as an advocate or as an activist in this case. Your everything you do and decide is going to be very closely scrutinized by everybody and probably end up in a court somewhere. But you heard before the break, you heard the CEO of Crew say that Colorado has a law giving voters legal standing to bring the 14th Amendment lawsuit. I want to know how you're considering this. Well, thanks for having me on, Allie. Uh, There's always big issues happening in this country. Uh, And I think ultimately it's good for a court to weigh in. Uh, You're exactly right. Section three of the 14th Amendment clearly lays out in very clear terms that if someone swears to uphold the Constitution, they're disqualified from holding office if they go and engage in insurrection, rebellion, or aid or comfort to the enemies of the Constitution. Uh, And Donald Trump incited an insurrection. And there are big constitutional questions around that provision as to whether he is disqualified from the Colorado ballot. Uh, So we'll see this litigation through. And and ultimately, I think it's important for a court to weigh in to provide guidance. Now, one thing I love that stupid looking face of hers. I I know. Well, she says there are always big issues in this country. Thank you, Jenna. Number one, I mean, all of the Democrats. And and she said, well, it's shut. Well, I mean, it's a 14. That's what it says. And Donald Trump is. Clearly guilty. So, even though he hasn't even been charged with insurrection, right? Number one, I mean, there are all the legal arguments that does, you know, he can't apply it in this case. But number two, that's not what he was charged with. So, he can't even be convicted of it, right? That's just the Democrats. They're like, if we just keep saying insurrectionist, insurrectionist, insurrectionist loud enough, then I guess, you know, we don't need those little pesky, you know, laws and trials and things like that. We just, I will declare it. Well, then she goes on to say, you know, again, she's like, oh, no, I am not partisan. I'm not an activist in this. She just proved it right there. Well, and then it gets even worse because she then kind of weighs in on Trump himself even more. If we could please play Griswold number two. Trump is a liar with no respect for the Constitution. To say that a section of the 14th Amendment is election interference and considering how to uphold the Constitution is election interference uh, is un-American. We know that the former president is a liar who will do everything he can to hold on to power. He incited the insurrection. He tried to make it harder for Americans to vote during a pandemic. He had this scheme, and his team had this scheme of fake electors. Uh, So unfortunately, that's par for course. And one of the reasons that the situation is so unprecedented is we've never had a president try to steal the presidency and then have the audacity to try to run for office before. Now, whether the Constitution bars him or not, I can't say that right now, but I can clearly say that Donald Trump is a threat to American democracy. Oh, there, there we go. go. No threat, to, threat to democracy. Well, and it's like, I don't know, can you mention, we've never had this war. What about Hillary Clinton? You know, what about, what about, you know, Stacey Abrams, all of that. But it's just ridiculous. But the good news is, though, is that, you know, under the grassroots leadership of Dave Williams, the Colorado Republican Party, I mean, he was on this right away, right? And they're not sitting around saying, well, you know, we have to wait and see until Donald Trump let the courts work it through, blah, 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 right? Or, you know, become a traitor like Ken Buck. Instead, boom, he got on the ball, was contacted a law firm. And, and you can explain this, but it's the um, the Jay Seculos, not Judicial Watch, but it's the... Um, Center the, for Justice or something. Um, yeah, Jay Seculos group, and, and they're to 
they'll be great. Um, and they're already out there working on the case. So um, he's got, and I think they already moved it to federal court, which is interesting as well. well. And now they're trying to take it back and they moved it. They were granted immediately. And now the plaintiffs are arguing it should be sent back to the state court. So you have to have that that battle. Right. Um, but it's it's uh, it's 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 pretty amazing. And it's great that you have a leader like Dave, unlike Christy Burton Brown, who said, oh, I don't know, we don't have any money. We can't afford it. So why don't you kind of try to get a great attorney? National attorney, um, he'll do it uh, for pro bono. Oh, we don't know about that. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. So they and they found this. Yeah, they found, you know, I know the, the Brownstein will be like, we're going to charge you a million dollars. And, you know, mm-hmm. again, and so Dave was able to find this great, high powered national, nationally recognized law firm that'll do it pro bono because, they, I mean, let's face it, Trump lawyers are fighting this. Um, you know, Colorado is going to ask to intervene. This this, this is a battle that's going to be going on, I suspect, before all is said and done in many states, don't you think? Yeah, and oh, it's, yeah. and right. it's, I mean, and it's good that, again, rather than waiting along and, you know, I mean, again, can you just see if Chrissy Burton Brown were still in charge of the party? Like you said, she'd be like, well, you know, um, I have to get back to my commitments to Colorado. And, and, you know, the you know. trouble with being a, a lawyer is you always think in terms of cases you've heard. So when I hear Jenna Griswold, I always think Griswold versus Connecticut. And it's Griswold versus America. But that case was a case about contraception. But you just go, wait a minute, I've heard that name before. I know that name, Griswold. Oh, Griswold. <laughs> well, people are like, she, they think she's psychologically crazy and things she like is, that. that. bright red <laughs> lipstick and those eyes and those darting eyes. And, well, and, and, and obviously she's a friend. Well, and again, I think you're right. They're going to do, and here's what I think, that at this point, it's like so many things are doing to Trump. At a certain level, whether they win or lose, I mean, you know, you look at the Georgia case now, right? Stuff there, I mean, there's like a million defendants, everybody's filing different motions, you know, and and meanwhile, the DA keeps trying to say, oh, no, it's going to go to trial next month. And even the judge is like, yeah, I just don't see that happening. We'll, we'll, give, the, we'll give the defendants 30 days to, you know. Right, right. And then, I mean, they're talking about some of the appeals from the other defendants, um, you know, are going to take six months to even resolve. But in the end, I think what they want to do is to continue to inflict damage, to continue to try to cost Trump money, right, to continue to impede his ability to campaign um, and to, to do whatever. And that's what, you know, you got Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis are kind of kind of crossing their fingers behind their back at the same time, hoping for the same exact thing. Um, and, you know, you got that many people against you. Uh, but I don't think it's I mean, Trump isn't going to give in. And I think every time it happens. And again, that's why I'm so glad Dave went out and got a high powered law firm to fight back and to intervene on right, behalf of Colorado right. Republicans, because, again, I guess that law would give Colorado would give us the right to try to ask to intervene right that they were saying sure. gave them the right to to try to fight it so but i think it how do you see that in the courts playing out well ultimately do you think i mean you're going to have various rulings from various state courts various rulings but but the problem is are they going to be able to get it all done before the election or are they gonna uh, you know? I, I i expect at least one court will grant you know throw oh, sure. off, and then other, other courts will have him retained and that that would be something that would go up to the supreme court you'd think you'd hope they they'd want to weigh in on issue of whether the former president and the most popular person in one party can run um but you know who knows <laughs> that's what's <laughs> great about the law you'd, you'd think yeah. you'd think they would but then look what happened with the you know with some of the election issues you know they're finally coming around now and the judges are saying oh you can't do that right they're now saying oh yeah you have to give people their jobs back from being fired from COVID. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah thanks right. thanks thanks, thanks a lot for so nothing much, so yeah. <laughs> i wish you get back pay but i think though it it, it says something I mean, we've talked long before, but, you know, Blueprint Colorado, that's no accident. Colorado has been sort of a trial state for a lot of different things. What is particularly disgusting, though, is to see people who claim to be but who are not Republicans now joining in. I mean, when Ted Trump and his group get together and they, you know, the gang of four try to change things in Colorado to benefit the Democrats, I get that. But when you've got Republicans trying to change things to benefit the Democrats. It's like... Ken Buck, our our very own Ken Buck. 
Right. Well, and Joanna, briefly, I was in, I was teasing on Facebook so much to debunk so little time. Was it Jacob? Somebody on Friday was saying, hey, have we heard from Dick Wadhams? And I said, no, we had not. But you, whoever said, I think it was Jacob, were you must have been reading Dick's mind because over the weekend he wrote a column in the Denver Gazette saying. I'm, saying, I'm um, here. Oh, I'm did, here. Okay. did you did you see Dick's column? No, I don't read those rags. I'm sorry, but I get I get my news from other sources. I wrote in on the comment section uh, on the Missouri decision. Right. I'm not in the Missouri. I'm sorry. Let's go back to the Georgia case where the DA filed a RICO charge against Antifa. RICO yes. allows you to charge other people not directly involved in the in the issue, but but you can still charge them. What if they find out Soros financed this? Yeah. Okay. That's not now, a bad idea. I mean, now you, got a, a, now you got a bigger problem. And then can, <clears throat> can the people who got damaged, can they ask for money from Soros for reimbursement? Sure. <laughs> you can ask. Yeah, really. <laughs> or a son. You know, but you're right. That's what, the, that's what Republicans need to do, right? It's like, that's just... Yeah. That's just you know, go ahead and, and do something like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Hey, but I was going to tell you, though, Dick did indeed have a column over the weekend, and he calls it Ken Buck's finest hour. So shockingly, Dick Wadham supports Ken Buck trashing um, everybody at the Colorado grassroots Republicans. So <laughs> you, you I, invited, I, I called and invited Dick on. Uh, so we'll see if he responds. All right, Jacob, yeah, what were you saying? No, can't they vote him out of the... Republican Party? Um, I don't think so. Can you vote somebody out of the? I, I think you can keep them from coming to meetings. Say right, yeah. if you're yeah. disrupting meetings, but I don't think Dick goes to meetings. That I mean, uh, maybe you, you. They did it to David Duke, and they've done it to other people. They did it to uh, Liz Cheney up in Wyoming, but it has no practical effect. I mean, you're a Republican if you register as Republican. And there's no way to remove you from the voter rolls as being a Republican. Yeah, yeah. that's a nice, you know, sound to it. And the kick Liz Cheney out that had a good. <laughs> but she's coming time. down. I saw she's on some giant speaker list along with Anthony Fauci coming to Denver. Anthony Fauci, what a, what a lineup! Stacey Abrams, Liz Cheney. When so- are they coming? Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's in the. I think I'm like the only person who reads the Denver Post anymore. Hey, Jacob, <laughs> listen. Thank you for weighing in, though. Appreciate. Okay. It. All right. Bye. Um, but but again, you know, Dick Wadham's column, like Ken Buck's letter, um, ignored the facts that some of the things, not some of the things, the things that were raised by the grassroots people when they were saying, hey, look, we wish somebody would pay attention to what's going on with these January 6 defendants were true. Ken Buck was wrong. Dick Wadham's is wrong. Um, so enough of debunking them. There you go. There you go. Do you want to talk about them? The other thing I kind of wanted to talk about is Dave Williams, once again, um, the opt out. There's been. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been um, on September 30th and, you know, Chuck and, and Peg Cage and these guys have been fighting for um, years actually anymore to get Colorado to opt out or liberate Colorado Republicans from the open primary so that only Republicans can vote in the Republican primary. There's a lawsuit that's making its way through still. And the two are intertwined and they're raised. They're doing a good job. Kevin Lundberg and those guys are doing a good job raising money for that. Um, and there have been a lot of discussions about. Okay, it's one thing to say we want to opt out, but what does the actual plan look like, right? And now, have you seen the plan, Chuck? I'm sure you did. I have. It's, he sent it out on the call, and it's 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 uh, an effort to try to bring everybody together. Right. Um, it has a little bit of everything in it, um, and it gives you one choice is to do the regular caucus and assembly, which means that only those who are on the SEC would get to nominate and elect people, or another one that, that would allow everybody to vote and and basically do some things electronically although if counties want to go to paper ballots and um, proceed ahead with that it allows them to do it too um you know it's we've we've got a a party and and a lot of strong-willed individuals but i think david's done a great job of trying to put together something that's acceptable to at least most people right Uh, well exactly vote for it on the 30th 
And the bottom line, that's right. So the Central Committee, roughly 400 members, will be um, voting, well, will be voting on this um, on September 30th. It's not clear, you know, again, it's an unconstitutionally high standard. Um, But so the options are going to be, number one, is that you just, we just go through the caucus and assembly system, and that's that's it. Whoever comes out of the caucus and assembly system with the majority of the delegates' votes. I think he said majority. Majority, okay. Um, let me see it. It's very simple. Right. We converted the majority of delegates becomes the general election nominee. Okay. okay. Um, um, then option two, which is, I think is the one you prefer the day prefers. And one of the things, so folks understand, and we'll be talking about this more because this is important that people understand all that's at stake here. One of the things though, in trying to people needed to have, they needed to have a couple of things. One, it mattered to a lot of people that every eligible Republican could vote in the primary. Right. Um, and number two, the counties were, many of them are saying, we don't have any money to do this. So it's going to have to all be run through the state and the option two, but Dave says, is nothing changes for the parties, um, the counties, along with the district parties, they do the caucuses the way they normally do. Candidates who achieve 30 percent would then go on to compete in a runoff election, which would include all eligible registered Republicans from across Colorado. The runoff election would be paid for and implemented by the state party. So ad- no additional work. Well, there you know, would be an exception if a county wanted to go to it. Right. Because some of them do. Right. And- yeah. No, I think I think Phillips County wants to. And then it said, so the way it would work is the ballots will be electronically delivered to any voter who requests a ballot after that voter has been verified against the voter rolls and uploaded a form of verification. Um, and they'll have links and they'll explain how to do that. And then people can either, as I understand it, send their ballot back in electronically, or if they don't want to do that, they can print it off and mail it back in or drop it off, right? I'm not sure if that's part of it or not. Um, okay, Chuck, I thought you said you read this. Yes. Um, I, did, what, I, wrote, I wrote it originally, but it's <laughs> lots of It says, what about those who it. can't or won't vote electronically? Those voters can request a mail-in slash drop-off ballot. Um, they would still have to have everything verified then. Um, and has anything like this been done before? Yes. In Virginia, they did something mm-hmm. very similar to this, right? And then this, I think, is important. Because this is the argument that the other people use, that the opponents say, won't this turn off unaffiliated voters? And he says, not likely. The data does not show an increase in votes from them in the general election if we allow them to participate in our primaries. In fact, the opposite is true. Unaffiliated mm-hmm. voters can become a Republican if they want to vote in the Republican primary. Well, they, you know, they did in Virginia with excluded before. You could vote in any primary you wanted to. You didn't have registration for voters and here they said no only will start registering voters and every voter who wants to do it um can vote and then they and then they elected who they elect well the first time in 12 years they got a democrat out and they got a republican for governor youngkin they got a great um i don't know sure what she would be she would be the uh chair uh vice chair of the uh state vice governor uh winsome sears lieutenant governor, uh-huh. lieutenant governor you're right um, and and so you know the the unaffiliated go oh no we didn't get a vote in the in the primary no they were happy to have candidates that meant something right exactly and I think again and you know I have to get data Jeff on as we go through this but I think the data shows that the unaffiliated voters do not turn out and vote for the the establishment Rhino um, candidates in the general election so it, right. it doesn't help us yeah they go they go in they play because the Democrats don't have contested primaries by and large they go in vote for the most rhino they could republican but then in the regular election they vote for the democrats so right and the thing is what's also important um and i'll just have you ask you briefly to explain to people about that too this is also it is important that that they get a majority of people at the central committee meeting on the 30th vote one way shape or form whichever they pick to opt out because that's crucial for the lawsuit, which is crucial going forward, right? right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, it, it'll that. be fun. It'll it'll be a wild and woolly uh, <laughs> rock of the church and and Colorado Springs. <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Order your lunch tickets now. So yes, anyway, we'll be talking yeah. more about that because I think there are going to be people who have questions. But I, I agree with you too. I think this is something. 
I, I mean, very, a lot of people felt, feel strongly about a lot of different ways to do this. And what's important, I think, in this is that you not let the, you know, perfect be the enemy of good kind of thing. Because I think this is, if, if we don't get this, the Democrats have already shown they're going to continue to meddle in the Colorado Republican primaries. Yeah, and all the money will pour in from various Democrats to rhino Republicans. Um, Right, right. Oh, and then Leo was saying, they, what about the gold standard? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, and one, then, one other thing, too. I don't know if you guys saw, and, and Chuck, I'm going to get to your theory anymore, because you don't think anymore that Joe Biden is going to be the Democrat. I, I think Peg, Peg wanted to come on. Oh, Peg. Okay, go ahead, Peg. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Peg. Hey. Hi. This is my favorite topic, you know. Yes. Uh, I, well, you've been working on this for years. So what do you think of this plan? Um, I'm hoping that everybody decides to go with just the, um, do it in the assembly plan. I think that would be the best one for our first time out of the box, but we definitely need to vote to opt out. I think it was obvious that people think that the unconstitutional law was unconstitutional because we got a hundred percent vote of the 2021 assembly saying or uh, meeting SEC meeting saying, yeah, this is unconstitutional. Let's have a lawsuit to prove it. And then they turned around and we didn't even get a majority of them to vote to opt out. So what they're saying is, yes, it's illegal to force unaffiliateds to vote in our private organization's primary, but uh, we want to do it anyway because we're too, we don't want to take whatever effort it is to do our own assembly. Right. Yeah, yeah true. Right. So, well, uh, yeah, and I think it'll be interesting. I think either way we need, I I think we all agree, we need to do something. We need Mm -hmm. to do something to, like Chuck says, to liberate the party, to say you have to be one way, shape or form a Republican to vote in the Republican primary. And and any Republican can go to the caucus and any Republican can run as a delegate, right? There's nothing prohibiting you from doing that. Um, That's kind of what it means to be Republican, isn't it? To elect your next person who will represent you. Right. Well, and I will say this and we'll talk more. I mean, I've been to meetings, too, where they explain, really, that's where you have the most power because there's generally not a ton of people at these caucuses. So normally, if you support a candidate, you know, when you have tens and hundreds of thousands of people voting, your vote doesn't make that much difference. But at that caucus level, it's it could be crucial, really. Right. Right. So. Whatever you want to do afterwards, make sure you opt out. I mean, if you want the Republican Party to be a Republican Party, you have to close it to outside interference. I mean, we have we have had all of our organizations infiltrated. Boy Scouts have to have gays being the leaders Mm -hmm. and they have to have girls in there. The. Everything is the infiltrators. You know, we've got the church has to have have uh, gay marriage. And, you know, gay. I don't care about the gays, but I don't. <laughs> they, are, they are really good at infiltrating. And this right. is, plan, you know, yeah. and you have to stop people from infiltrating. Go back to our platform and our values which we're supposed to you know that's the purpose of the republican party if you read the purpose it is to promote the values and the principles as told in the platform so there's you've heard my speech before that's it (laughs) it's a good one it's a good one it's a good one. Peg, thank you so much. And again, thank you for all the work you've done, all the work I know you're going to be doing on this. Yes. I suspect if and when there is counting of ballots, you're going to be heavily involved in that. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks Peg, for coming Peg, on, thank Peg. You, you guys, thank if you. You always check out Peg's got a great website, mycoloradogop.org, mycoloradogop.org. Well, we have time real quick, just for kind of fun. Um, we want to play, because we got a little bit of time. Um, Joe Biden skipped 9-11 ceremonies, but he spoke in Vietnam, but he didn't make any sense. So this is Joe Biden. That's if Jane Fonda was, was around. That's right. This is Joe Biden once again talking about dog face pony liars or whatever it is. If we could please play the the Joe Biden soundbite, Thomas. 
My my brother loves having those famous lines from movies that he always quotes. You know, and one one of them is there's there's a movie about John Wayne as an Indian scout, and they're trying to get. I think it was Apache, one one of the great tribes of America, back on the reservation, and he's standing in the Union soldiers that were all arms, and they're on their horses and their saddles, and there's three or four Indians in headdresses, and the Union soldiers, the Union soldiers basically saying, Indians, come with me, we'll take care of you, everything will be good, and the Indian scout, the Indian looks at John Wayne and points to the Union soldier and says, he's a lion dog-faced pony soldier. Well, there's a lot of lion dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming, but not anymore. All of a sudden, that was what? great that was yeah. great it's like what what did this guy it's like dog face no, no, no one can never... find a movie in no which the indian scout sends to to john wayne that soldier over there is a lying dog face pony soldier i mean it's just <laughs> it's, it but now yeah, before you said that once to somebody in an iowa caucus or something but right. this one was was a really explanation saying his brother loves to quote movies and the movie likes to quote is this imaginary movie that, that uh, <laughs> he's made up i mean where somebody no, says and then no he one kind can of find this this uh this scene with john wayne and the indians and the uh <laughs> Union soldiers on horses. I mean, well, that'll be Denver's. Uh, that's that's going to be the Democrats' revisionist history, Chuck. Somebody's going to do an artificial rendition. Of John Wayne saying, "Dog face pony soldier, lying dog face." Lying dog face pony soldier. You got to get a get the lying, then the dog face, and then the pony soldier. And that's right. And then they'll say, "See, it's true. Joe Biden is not crazy at all." Well, we'll talk more about that next time because we want to talk about. Um, uh, you know, uh, your theory that you think Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee now, and there's I don't know if he's going to be or not. I have no idea. I mean, he could, he could not be, he could be. I mean, the trouble is, a year from now, he's going to be really, you know, you don't get better, no, at that, you know, mentally more accurate. You have lucid moments, but but a year from now, he's just going to be a babbling fool. <laughs> Well, that won't stop the Democrats. Hey, and listen, oh, I that's love gonna... it. You know, they sit down with Fetterman and all the other ones. Diane <laughs> Feinstein. That is going to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's going to do it for us on this Monday. Um, thank you to everybody on Zoom, to Cheryl Chumley and to Peg and Jacob and everybody who weighed in and all of the great comments here. Remember, you can get all of the shows at chuckandjulie.com. Um, thank you to the great guys at BBS. Chuck, hard at work, out on assignment there. Yep, and and I salute all you lying dog-faced pony soldiers. (laughs) All right, we'll see everybody on Wednesday. Have a great one.